So my name is Andy Little. I'm the chef and partner at both Josephine and Prima. And first things first, I'd like to thank the Tennessean and Brad and Jessica and Lizzie for putting this on. It's such a great opportunity for all of us to get out of the kitchen and talk to you. So thank you to them. So I'd like to take you on a very short, if 12 minutes is short, trip from tuba to tenderloin. As a young second grade student, uh, music was an important part of my life. It was an important part of my family's life. Uh, my mom thought it was really important that I studied music, probably not for the music itself or for the love of music, but for the discipline that the, uh, the music would, would instill in me. So, you know, the, the daily practice sessions, the if anyone has had a child that they tried to teach to play piano, you can feel her pain. Maybe you can feel my pain. Um, so early on, music was important. First string instruments, then into brass instruments. And throughout my middle school years, I would say that the only thing remarkable about my musical career was how, let's just say, unremarkable it was. Um, pretty average kid, just you know, continuing to play trumpet, play cello, play string bass. And then I had the opportunity, and by the way, I, I do eat for a living. Uh, had the opportunity in eighth grade, you have to decide, do you want to be in the high school marching band? And I didn't. Uh, I didn't want to be a band buddy. I didn't want to have any of the, the stigmas that I felt were associated with being a high school musician. I wanted to be a football player. Uh, slow, short, not necessarily very muscled. So that probably wasn't going to happen for me either. Um, so with some persuasion, I entered the high school marching band as a trumpet player, all of, at that point, 5'2", probably 5'2 wide also. Uh, <laughs> puberty hadn't sprinkled its little fairy dust on me yet. I, I enjoyed marching band, I enjoyed the camaraderie, I enjoyed, again, the discipline of, of the practicing, and, and also there was a sense of team and achievement with it. And so I would go through my freshman year and still, as any child who is 14 or 15 probably experiences, you. You want to belong to something. I belong to the marching band, and that was really important to me. And I also come from a very small uh, rural community. There were 98 people in my graduating class, 97 if you include me, which you should because I graduated. Um, so it was, a, it was a really small school. It was a really small band. And there were maybe four trumpet players and a baritone player, a couple trombones, and a tuba player. The baritone player was going to be uh, the drum major, so we didn't have one. And band director came by and I, you know, I said, hey, I could probably do that. Um, I, again, wanted to belong. I wanted to be, to help out the, the team. And so I played the baritone, which is basically the small little baby brother of the big sousaphone or tuba. I did that in the, the fall and then went back to playing the trumpet. Um, I, again, I wouldn't say that I necessarily enjoyed it, but I enjoyed the, the act of doing it. And going into my junior year, the, the single tuba player had graduated, and I had an opportunity to, to play the tuba in the band. To me, at that point in my life, I thought, well, I've made it. I'm going to be the tuba player in the band. <laughs> I'm nuts. 
but it really was very important to me. And, and in the high school band, you know, it wasn't the big sousaphone that you might be very accustomed. This was actually a marching tuba. So if you've ever watched drum corps, or if you go to the symphony and you see this guy doing this, it was basically like that, but up here. So again, it was something that I seemed to be a little genetically predisposed to do. I was the big kid who could carry the big horn. Um, so I went through the fall, enjoyed that, and just thought, well, at this point, I think maybe I'll just stick with the tuba. And I took my first audition uh, for a district band and placed first. That wasn't really for applause, that was for what was I doing placing first? I just had started playing the tuba. Um, I, I really had no, no business uh, being first. There were kids who had played tuba ever since fourth grade. And for me, that immediately just, you know, I think something clicked in my head and I thought, well, I could probably do this. Maybe I could do this as something I go to college for. Maybe I could do it something that was gonna be a career. So I really threw myself into it, practiced a lot, um, went to a number of camps and, and more regional band um, conferences and so for a small town kid to be able to leave the small town and go and meet people from other well let me back up I mean my wife's here but when I say meet people from other schools I mean meet girls from other schools <laughs> it was a small school so it was, it was a really great thing for me to be able to go out and just meet new people. And that continued to feed the idea of if you continue to work at this, this could be something that you do for the rest of your life. So both of my folks are now retired public school teachers. I'm the proud product of a public school. So we're not trying to sell anything, but I went to public school. Yay. Um, and I had for a long time thought that I was gonna teach public school and I was gonna be a golf coach and it was gonna be great, life was gonna be fine. And then the tuba comes in and all of a sudden it's, well, you know, let's get excited about playing the tuba. Maybe you could switch to a career as a professional musician. And as I continue to practice, as I continue to um, take these auditions, do well in these auditions, that idea, you know, the, the golf and the, the teaching went aside and I thought, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to college to be a, a tuba player. How many people ever say that in their life? <laughs> I think I'm really gonna go to college to be a tuba player. Um, and so I did. Uh, I, I auditioned at a number of schools. I ended up picking James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Hey, Dukes, are you familiar with the Marching Royal Dukes? I was one of them. Um, and. The, the minute that I hit campus, I realized that being a small, small town kid from central Pennsylvania, I was the big fish in a very small uh, country town. I got to JMU, which had a very well-established tuba and euphonium studio, and I was all of a sudden not real good. Uh, actually, I was, I was as good as I was before. I was just surrounded by a, a lot of people who were really, really great musicians. And that really, I mean, if anything could figuratively knock you in the jaw, that, that did it for me. And it was, uh, it was scary, to be honest with you. But again, like every other instance, I just put my head down and I started to practice. And I practiced and practiced and practiced. And 
much to my parents' chagrin, apparently they have these things called classes in college <laughs> that if you're paying tuition, you're supposed to go to. I didn't really figure that out until my sophomore year. But the fun part of the story is practice, 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 and by the time I came back as a sophomore, I was at the head of the studio and playing in the orchestra and also in the wind symphony. So again, back to um, being successful just by putting my head down and working at it. Um, at this point though, I started being around all those people, I started to realize something that when you get caught up in the idea of, hey, this is pretty cool, I'm meeting people, I'm, I'm being recognized, um, I had forgotten the fact that all the people that I was surrounded by actually really loved music. And I was kind of looking around and thinking, if it doesn't have a tuba part in it, I don't really want anything to do with it. Because it just wasn't anything, it was work to me and I wanted to, to do the things that, that the tuba was in, but it just, there was something missing. And so, uh, faced with graduating, and if anyone here is a professional musician or a classical musician, the, you know, basically my options were you can go to graduate school, which we've already established I wasn't the biggest fan of school, um, or you could go to a city and teach lessons and, and pick up a, an odd job here or there and, and struggle until you won the job. At that point, I knew that I was probably on my way to Tenderloin instead of Tuba, because uh, it just, it, it, I didn't have it in my heart. And what I did have was I had a love for the idea of the achievement. I had a love for, obviously, the, the praise that you get. I mean, who doesn't like that? When somebody pats you on the back and says, great job, that's a pretty cool thing. So I took a brief, very brief stint working for an actuarial consulting firm for a couple of years and realized that that wasn't for me. So the, you know, well, what are you gonna do? I went home and uh, my dad, in a way that I think only dads can do, sat me down and said, it's time to figure out, uh, you gotta do something with your life. Why don't you just go back to school and get your teaching certification? So I did, uh, well, kinda. Again, back to the not really being much of a fan of school. Um, and I went back to school and in order to pay for it, I started to work in restaurants. And working in restaurants, then I thought, well, now I've found something that, that I really love doing. I actually started as a waiter. Uh, you can be glad that I've never waited on any of you. Uh, I was really, really, I was awful. Um, but I ended up in the kitchen a lot. And hanging out in the kitchen, you know, the country club that I worked at said, well, we really probably shouldn't fire him, but let's just, you know, let's give him a job in the kitchen. So that's how we get to food. But the, the common question that I get is, do you still play? And here's the, the fun response to that. Last, and the answer, honestly, on the record, the answer is no. I haven't played... Um, in probably 17 or 18 years. I did sell a couple of my instruments. So again, what kind of guy has more than one tuba? <laughs> well, this one did, and it put me through culinary school. Um, I sold my, my instruments to go to culinary school. Last fall, I was at a show at the Ryman. We'll just say that I had uh, enough beers to think of that the next story that I'm gonna tell you was a good idea. <laughs> 
after leaving the show, and it was a wonderful show, uh, there were a couple of gentlemen on the street, trumpet, trombone, sousaphone. And I thought to myself, and this is where I really probably need my wife around me all the time just to edit my thoughts, wouldn't it be cool if I could just go up and play tuba? So I walked up to the gentleman and I threw $20 down in, the, in his case and I said, would you mind if I just played for a little bit? And he said, sure. I don't think that he knew what he was getting into and I, I sure didn't know what I was getting into. So I strapped it on and, and I you know, put my mouth to the, the mouthpiece and I blew what was probably air into the, the instrument and it was bad. And I was even kind of drunk and it was bad. And, and I got to tell you, too, at that point, at, at 42 years old, you don't think about, well, <laughs> I didn't think about how heavy the instrument is and the, the pressure on your mouth. And so not only was it bad, but it hurt. <laughs> and I don't mean just regular hurt. I mean, like, Hattie B's shut the cluck up the next day. Hurt. If you've had it, you know what I'm talking about. If not, don't do it. Um, so it, it, was, it was really painful, but what that brought me back to was, you know, this experience of going through and, and playing the tuba, something that I did enjoy, brought me all the way to the tenderloin that hopefully you will come and enjoy, and then brought me back to the fact that if you're 43 years old, don't throw a sousaphone on your shoulder after a night at the Ryman. Thank you. <laughs>